This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. A lot has been said here about the fear of threats, but what we're concerned about in the scope of this committee is the fear of threats to the American citizens. The reason we use the term weaponization is because it is appropriate. We have so many examples of that across so many federal agencies that were designed to serve and protect the American people and have been used in recent years against them that it will take us probably two years to, out, uh, to lay that out. But I just want to focus on one that's been mentioned this morning because the timeline is important. Uh, the school board's issue. On June 22, 2021, Loudoun County parent Scott Smith spoke out at his local school board meeting and he was arrested. On September 29th, citing Mr. Smith's arrest as an example, the National School Boards Association sent a letter to the Biden administration requesting federal law enforcement involvement in local school board disputes. Now here's what's really important. We learn later that the White House helped the NSBA draft that letter to itself. On October 4th, Attorney General Merrick Garland issued the now infamous memo directing federal law enforcement to mobilize against the parents of school children who protest at their local school board meetings. He turned the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's offices, the full weight of the Federal Department of Justice against the very citizens they were sworn to defend and protect. On October 12th, we learned that the Loudoun County parent Scott Smith's daughter was actually sexually assaulted at her, at her school and that the school board covered it up and that was the reason why that dad showed up to protest. Nine days later, October 21st, happened to be the day previously scheduled for Attorney General Merrick Garland himself to appear before our House Judiciary Committee. In that hearing, as my colleagues will remember, he was forced to acknowledge before our committee that the NSBA letter was the basis of his memo targeting concerned parents. But he refused to acknowledge the obvious chilling effect that memo involving the full weight of the federal law enforcement apparatus would have on parents protected First Amendment speech. He also, by the way, refused to commit to a mandatory, under federal law, mandatory ethics review of his own family's financial ties to advancing critical race theory in schools and its relation to his school board memo and the obvious appearance of the conflict of interest therein. I encourage all interested citizens to watch the video of that hearing. It was pretty contentious. The very next day on October 22nd, after much public outcry, the NSBA retracted and publicly apologized for its letter labeling concerned parents like Scott Smith as, quote, domestic terrorists. In the following weeks, over 20 different state school board associations severed their ties with the National School Boards Association. Our Democrat colleagues have tried to downplay the importance of this select committee and even criticized its name as hyperbolic. But as this example and so many others clearly show, key agencies have indeed been weaponized. We're informed even still today that that memo has not been retracted by the attorney general. And as it was yesterday, as we showed the committee with the Twitter executives, this is precisely what Republicans promised in the fall. If you elect us, if you bring us into power, which they did in the House, we will go after 
the FBI. We'll go after the military. We'll go after the Justice Department and we'll go after social media committees, uh, companies. And here we are. Yeah, at least they can't be accused of flip-flopping. They have uh, no. made made good on this campaign promise, uh, to be sure. It was extraordinarily predictable yesterday, uh, an airing of grievances and conspiracy theories, and making a bet that the American people cares at all about Hunter Biden and his laptop in business dealings. And look, if there was some wrongdoing, it'll be investigated uh, by the proper authorities, um, and that remains to be seen whether or not that will happen. Um, but this is something that they have talk themselves into a corner that 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 this these conspiracy theories off what used to be in the fringes of the internet became more mainstream thanks to republican talking points they live on in primetime fox news shows uh and for an element of the republican base they want to see this happen and republicans have told me they feel like they'd be punished by voters if they didn't see through here but there are a lot of republicans right. at least jordan there are a lot of republicans who are nervous about this who see president biden talking about things like social security and medicare talking about big jobs numbers okay. and this is how this is how nervous they are by the way the white house put out a memo four page memo from Ian Sams, he's the guy over at, um, he's actually in the White House Counsel's Office. You've seen him, kind of a nerdy-looking guy. Oh, I bet you that's the, that's mostly guys in the White House, right? Uh, today's Judiciary Committee uh, Chairman Jim Jordan is launching the Fox News reboot of the House Un-American Activities Committee. got to remember those are the hearings associated with McCarthy back in the uh, 19, late 40s, early 50s. With a political stunt that weaponizes Congress to carry out the priorities of extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress. And it goes on. What people forget is that the McCarthy hearings in the House uh, on American Activities were quite productive in, uh, in turfing out uh, communists, right? KGB communists that were deeply embedded in the State Department and other elements of the government. It should have gone further. If it had gone further, right, we would not have law, although it came after the uh, – the big part of it after we lost China to uh, Mao Zedong and the communists because of infiltration into the State Department. Um, the McCarthy hearings were extremely, extremely uh, helpful, as we now know from the Venona, was it documents and tapes that came out in the 1990s. Uh, yesterday was the kickoff of the weaponization the day before on uh, oversight. Uh, Comer's got a piece in the New York Post today that says the deafening silence of the Biden administration about the timeline, as we've been saying, the timeline on the classified documents, like how did you get to 2 November with these lawyers rummaging around in the CCP Penn Biden Center? Also, we're going to get into it. Bill Gertz and, uh, and uh, Ben are going to join us. We're going to go through the, the, the Gang of Eight, I don't think, still had a former hearing. They've kind of been off and on, but there's all types of obfuscation of the timeline regarding uh, the CCP's um, airship that traversed uh, the United States from uh, Aleutian Islands all the way off to the coast of uh, North and South Carolina. I want to start today with a uh, FBI agent, uh, Stephen Friend. Stephen, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to actually be one of the whistleblowers and one of the witnesses in front of the, uh, the weaponization committee, correct, sir? Yes, I'm going to be participating in a transcribed interview uh, next week. So you're going to be basically deposed by the committee next week, and then depending on how that deposition comes out, you will then be front and center in the in, in the committee, correct? Yes, I'm hopeful that I will. I think that there's a, I have a message that should be brought forward to the public. 
Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because the, the FBI is this revered. When I, I say all the time when I was a kid growing up in our Catholic parish in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, by the way, the, the spinoff of that parish when we went to a Latin mass is now the, the, the investigated uh, by the Richmond field office of the FBI of being the Latin mass traditional Catholics. The hobbits of the hobbits are now being looked at as domestic terrorists. That, this is how far the FBI has gone. But the FBI agents in our uh, parish were looked up and esteemed as like that was like the best job in the world. What? Tell me, you know, the left is going, you see how scared they are. All night long on MSNBC and CNN, New York Times, then this morning, nonstop, a drumbeat of this is the McCarthy hearings. Nobody wants to do this. Uh, they're going to, you know, this is the extreme MAGA Republicans. The nation's not interested, uh, which we, knows all, we know those are all lies. It shows you how nervous they are. Do, do you think that this, the, even the structure naming of the weaponization, kind of a, a replay of the church committee from the 1970s, do, do you think it's misguided, sir? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, certainly I've been suspended from the FBI for 145 days without pay. Uh, and it's because I brought forth some concerns that I had with the January 6th investigations that were going on. And in that four months that uh, I've been out of contact from the FBI, I've been able to establish a network of folks who are both inside and out of the agency who have firsthand experiences uh, with what's gone on in the last few years with the agency being essentially turned against the American public. And that is information that is vital for Congress to get and it is in- vital for the American people to see. Did you like the way that it um, – what are your thoughts on the way it started off yesterday? We had a couple of a couple of senators. People had dealt with this for a long time. T- uh, Tulsi Gabbard had, I think, one F- two FBI agents kind of giving general overviews about the culture of the FBI. Did, did you like that or would you have rather started with a bigger bang and actually have some people that could bring receipts to give people an appetizer, give them a taste, show them a little ankle about what's in store? I think this select committee's really got a tough situation because they have to strike a balance. They're trying to work off the template of the January 6th committee hearings, uh, but essentially those were a complete appeal to emotion because the facts were not on the Democrat side. Now the Republicans in charge and having the gavel, uh, they do have the benefit of having the facts and they also have the benefit of having an emotional appeal. Uh, the challenge is going to be to strike a balance where you can do what they did yesterday and and talk about the, the good old days and, and bring forth some righteous indignation about you know, the current state of affairs. But they also have to bring forth some hard-hitting firsthand accounts. And uh, I personally know uh, several individuals who would be great witnesses. And, and uh, my concern is that you know, there's a limited bandwidth that uh, people have. Everybody's got something going on. Everybody's busy. Uh, this committee really has to strike a chord with folks, and, and they have to bring the facts ahead. Um, so there are some whistleblowers that certainly have uh, information that's very hard-hitting, and, and I'm hoping that uh, they will bring that out very shortly. Dr. Gorker, who used to, um, you know, he's one of the trainers down, I think, at the Quantico at the Academy for um, Counterterrorism and Jihad. He said yesterday on the show that there are 36,000, I think, personnel at the FBI. I believe there's over 14,000 agents. He was concerned only 24 – they talk about a couple of dozen, 24 agents had come forward. Um, is there a bigger number than that that's behind the scenes? It's kind of like the, the people, the, the mighty 20 in the Magnificent Six in the House fight. We know there's another 30 or 40 that have their back but just didn't feel comfortable coming forward. 
Are there more than 24 right now that are prepared to come forward and give information or at least give information about certain situations they want brought forward to the public? Oh, without question. You know, like I said before, I've, I've been away for four months. During that time, you know, I've not stopped trying to build the network that I have of individuals who currently work for the FBI uh, and are in a position to sort of launder the information that they have at their fingertips out to me and to the other whistleblowers who are more outspoken publicly, because essentially we're burned. And that's how we've been able to bring forward, you know, you just spoke about this Intel product that was produced about this radical traditional Catholic investigation that's gone on uh, at the Richmond office. Uh, that came from somebody that is in a position to give us that information, but is concerned that the FBI has essentially weaponized the uh, the security revocation process that's that they've used to, to walk me out the door and walk others out the door, as opposed to handling issues, you know, within the, the personnel and, and uh, matters that, that they have. And, and, and they've been able to work around and walk us away without going through the proper channels, and it's it, it's bordering on Ill- illegal. Can you give us? I'd, I'd like to hold you through the break. We've got about a minute and a half. Walk us through your specific. What was your complaint, and why did they put you on unpaid leave? Uh, I raised concerns about the January sixth investigation. Uh, my contention is that the the case should be run out of Washington field office as one case. Instead, the FBI is elected to open separate cases for every single subject and then spread those to the field, which is within rules but atypical. But uh, at the end of the day, Washington field office is still managing the cases, which is improper, and it's creating a false statistical narrative that domestic terrorism is on the rise because all these cases on paper are being run from the field. The president, the director of the FBI, the attorney general can then go out and say, look at this tremendous rise that we have in domestic terrorism, when essentially they've juked the stats from one to 2,000, and they can uh, say that it's now around the country as opposed to all stemming from one four-hour incident at the Capitol. Uh, Okay, uh, Stephen, can you hang on? Uh, Stephen Friend is an FBI agent. He's on unpaid leave right now. He will be deposed in the next week or so by the Weaponization Committee, and we'll have to see if he, he's then brought forward as a public a witness in this. Uh, we're going to take a, a short commercial break. We're pretty packed today. As we warn people, uh, overnight uh, the uh, war in Ukraine uh, ramped up, an offensive by the Russian army across a broad swath Tons of incoming missiles. Uh, the Ukrainians are reporting they're shooting them down, but uh, they've hit the electric grid and more suffering for the Ukraine people as Zelensky uh, did not get the um, the um, acceptance of his F-16s. Nobody, uh, nobody bought it. All next in the war room. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views. Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. 
public, the, word, the letters sq.com, and download the app today totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, cpac.org slash war room. Uh, we're really, there's a ton of interest, obviously, by the war room posse. People are piling in right now. We want you part of the live audience. We're going to be there for four days. You're going to see a cast of all-stars, all the people, all the folks you see here on the show. Of course, our contributors, also our staff. You get to mingle, mix, meet people, share ideas, give us your thoughts. The New York Times and the Brookings Institute rated us the number one podcast in the nation. Number one. Far and away better than what the, at the, the Rush Limbaugh show with uh, Buck and Clay uh, was number three. Charlie Kirk with Pasovic, I think, is number two. Um, it, 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 Levin and Hannity down the list. Okay. Now, this is their concept of misinformation, right, about the vaccine and about the election, about the war in Ukraine, about the debt ceiling, about the Chinese Communist Party being a uh, – our number one existential threat. Official Washington, this is how it rolls. Today, CNN, this is the narrative they're pushing, right? Because Biden's saying, that's no big deal. I don't have to give you the timeline. It's no big deal. They're pushing that she didn't even know about this. This is rogue elements in the PLA. It's all, it's all, that's all crap. They're trying to cover because the Uniparty has to cover for the Chinese Communist Party. Why? They're in business with them, like the Brookings Institute. Taking CCP money, okay, hand over fist. Let's go back to Stephen Friend. Stephen, look. Is um is, is the 24 agents or the 35 agents or the 50 or 100, is this just, you know, the old Royal Navy, you want them sullen, not mutinous? Is this just the typical bitching and moaning that goes on in any big organization? Does this rise to the level? The church committee was because we had assassinations of Kennedy and Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy and Malcolm X. You had infiltration of the Ku Klux Klan, the anti-war movement, the Black Panthers. You had the CIA doing domestic surveillance. The thing was essentially out of control, right? And that's why they had to have a church committee. Is it at the same level today that rises to the level that you should have a weaponization committee, sir? Yes, without question. And certainly in my experiences and speaking to, to my colleagues and everybody, the, the mumblings and the grumblings were not just, uh, you know, regular, you know, gripes about work and the boss at hand. Uh, we're talking about people who had genuine concerns about constitutional and civil liberty uh, offenses that are going on within the agency. And the agency has essentially been politicized and weaponized against the American public. And, uh, and it's incumbent on the, the workforce to step up. We receive specific training about this in the academy as new agents. We go to the Holocaust Memorial Museum. We go to the MLK Memorial. And the point of that training is to point out that only genocides and civil rights atrocities can occur if the police force becomes an apparatchik of an out-of-control government. And that's my experience, and I certainly have a network that's fairly large within the agency. Um, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that are just concerned about, you know, are they going to be walked out the door next? When you ho, 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 hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. When they're walking, when you're going to the Holocaust Museum and the Martin Luther King, which is all fine, right? Part of the training. 
Are are you also do you guys are do do they study do they teach you what happened in the church committee do they teach you the how out of control the FBI was in the 1970s they show you how the FBI lied consistently in the in the uh uh in the Kennedy assassination um their, their Warren commission report that they lied and misrepresented what the field agents were doing uh, their number one job was to cover up the FBI's um not maybe let's say leave involvement out right for right now, but at least the cover up of the family. Do you did they study the church committee like you go to the Holocaust Museum and go to the LNLK Memorial? No, they do not. And and that lack of institutional knowledge, that loss of it over the time has has really eroded the efficacy of the agency. And you, you just have to to look to hold it, hold 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 whoa 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 full stop full stop full stop. In the training program of the FBI at Quantico, when you go to the academy, there is not an afternoon where you get 30 minutes or an hour. They do not talk about why the church committee came about. They do not talk about uh, the, 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 the 1960s and 70s of the FBI and the family. They don't talk about the FBI's involvement, Mark Felt's involvement in Watergate, the silent coup of the FBI when Mark Felt got passed over by Nixon to be the director after Hoover died, that's that is not taught at the FBI. No, there's no history lesson to that extent, and it's really uh, it falls to you as a agent to do your own homework if you want to dig into that. But you know, in talking to executive management, that that really rarely happens. I, it, to me, it ultimately is about protect the shield at all costs. Uh, when I had a meeting with my assistant special agent in charge and expressed my concerns about potential civil rights violations that were going on. And I said, I had very specifically, I have a duty to protect the constitution. I swore an oath to do that. The response that I got from him was you have a duty to the FBI. When you're at the Holocaust museum, did they ever talk about the, the excuse that the Germans, you remember when the occupation forces were there right after the war, you couldn't find any Nazis. Every, I didn't. Was I who? What were those guys? Yeah, I kind of heard about them. Did they ever talk about uh, what people had done to become kind of Gestapo or SS? And then they 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 and why people call the uh, FBI the American Gestapo now? Are the agents taught about what the German people did to actually turn into Nazis and what they did personally? You know, with the book is Hitler's willing executioners. It just wasn't Hitler. Right. It went down into the entire system and ordinary citizens flipped and, and, and became essentially uh, became a part of the killing of the industrial process of the Holocaust. Is that taught to the FBI? What happens when because right now I keep saying the people who kick down the door and arrest Mark Hoke, you're just as guilty as you're just as guilty as the Waffen SS. Right. And everybody associated with the Gestapo. And this is why people call it the American Gestapo. Is that taught to agents about what what their personal responsibility is in all of this? Well, the museum staff at the Holocaust Memorial, uh, they do an excellent job on that tour, and, and they really uh, prod and they, they provoke those sort of discussions. And there was actually a gentleman from the uh, Anti-Defamation League that you know spoke to us for a couple of hours. And I, I found that conversation to be extremely you know, fulfilling and rewarding and, and beneficial, uh, but that really kind of stopped at lunchtime. You know, it was a few hour field trip. And then we're back to uh, to Quantico and, you know, a place where you're you're not learning about the history of the FBI. It's just a question of policy and procedure. So when the FBI agents that like arresting these uh, folks that are just praying the rosary outside of abortion centers and they're coming in with the guns up and terrorizing the kids when they're arrested, 
they'll be able to, they'll say, yeah, I went to the Holocaust Museum, but I didn't, I didn't take that lesson away. That didn't sink on me. But they all had access to that, to that training, correct? They all did, and they're all leaning on the fact that they're uh, carrying out lawful orders that are signed by judges, uh, but they're not really taking into account you know, the processes that brought those lawful orders to, to fruition. You know, you know, do we follow the, the rules properly? We're, and, and then just questioning you know, the, the means that we're doing it. The FBI likes to use an elephant gun to kill a mouse. Uh, but uh, it certainly should pride itself on using the least amount of force necessary to, to carry out a mission forward to do it safely. Stephen, is, are people inside the agency, are people, cons- are, are people uh, not just worried, are, are they actually f- feel bad about what what's they're doing to use the elephant gun, particularly to the most, the, to the hobbits of the hobbits? the people praying the rosary. Now we see in the Richmond field office, they're looking at, and I can tell you the Latin mass Catholics are the hobbits of the hobbits. Okay. This is the Shire. They are the working class of this country. All of their kids go in the military. This is the backbone of the country. And now you see they're going after the rosary, the guys praying, the men and women praying the rosary. Is there any sense of guilt inside the agency? Do you know from agents and saying, this is not right? I think there is. And it's not just the agents, it's other personnel and and support staff. Uh, And that's the reason that that intelligence product was leaked uh, to my network uh, and brought out was because the individuals that were associated with knew that it's it was wrong to do. And it's inconsistent with the mission of the FBI. Stephen, I know you're working with uh, the great Russ vote in the team over there. How do people get to you, get more, find out more about your particular situation, also your thoughts on all of this, and uh, can then look forward to seeing you testify. Where, where do they go? Uh, well, I am on social media. I'm a little bit so, uh, spanned there, so you're going to have to go directly to at uh, real Steve Friend on Twitter, uh, where I'll be sharing information about uh, what goes on with the Office of Professional Responsibility quarterly emails, and I also have a, a book that's on pre-sale right now on Amazon. What's the title of the book? It's uh, True Blue, My Journey from Beat Cop to FBI Whistleblower. And it details uh, my experience that's gone on with this January 6th madness. Let's make sure we link to all that. Last question. Uh, We talk about defunding the FBI and and deconstructing the FBI. Do you believe that the FBI can be saved or do you think it ought to be reorganized into something different? Uh, if I had my king for a day, it would probably be broken to a thousand pieces and scattered to the wind. But I think you also need to be pragmatic. And um, I'm hoping that our officials do that. You know, the FBI gets $11 billion of funding. I don't think anybody in their right mind would look at its problems and say that that's uh, money well spent at this point. So there are some very simple and immediate reforms that need to happen. Steve, a friend, thank you very much. Let's make sure we get into the chat rooms, all of your contact points and uh, coordinates. And thank you very much. Great job you guys are doing over there. Fantastic. Thank you. God bless. You know, Jim Jordan and the the team over there made a very specific decision to kind of go very broad yesterday. But even that caused a meltdown uh, by the mainstream media and particularly the White House, the White House. Because remember, all this is going to be contested. There are not going to be any free shots on goal here. Just not. You're going to get uh, this is going to be highly contested. And we know they're doing depositions and you get the Steve friends of the world and more people are coming forward. But this is going to be highly contested. OK, we're going to take a short commercial break. I got Laura Loomer. You got to find out about her Rico suit. It's getting a lot of attention and a lot of concern because they're <laughs> they're lawyering up on the other side. 
I got I got Bill Gertz from the Washington Times, Harnwell, it's CCP, the Ukraine war, all of it. Stick around. You're in the war room. We're going to be back after a short commercial break. Offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true. Just like freedom itself, nothing in life is free. Mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. With Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get the same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers they provide for free. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's B-A-N-N-O-N. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values or our country, support a company that does. Patriot Mobile. You get there by going to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 972-PATRIOT. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. By July, he was completing a base on Guadalcanal, preparing to cut our supply route to Australia. We couldn't wait for ships that were building or troops that were training. We must stop him with what we had there and then. August 7th, 1942, we landed Marines on Guadalcanal. We surprised the Jap, and the landings were easy. But we were just in time. In another two days, Jap planes would have been operating from Henderson Field, and the landing that had been so easy would have been well-nigh impossible. But the Jap wanted Guadalcanal and strove desperately to take it back.
carrier duels and in furious close-range night actions, our Navy slugged it out with his. Our forces were numerically inferior, but we hung on. Little by little, we chopped away at his ships until by the end of the year, we had gained command of the sea approaches to the Southern Solomons. In 1943, the Marines were relieved by the army. Our victory had decisively stopped the enemy advance, throwing him from offense to defense. We had reversed the wartime strategy of the Japanese Empire. Okay, welcome back. Um, <clears throat> just to put this in perspective, yesterday was the end of, or technically the end of the battle 80 years ago of Guadalcanal. But it happened simultaneously. I want to make sure people know in history because this is, you're in the beginning stages of, of the kinetic part of the Third World War. And just want to make sure people understand process and critical path and how this thing's going to unfold. Um, within a week in 1943, in early 1943, Two turning points in the war. Stalingrad held and the German armies, the six German army groups surrendered and the Japanese surrendered at Guadalcanal. Both of those fights started basically in the summer, you know, the, Stalingrad technically September, the um, Guadalcanal in July. Think about it for a second. Six months, seven months after Pearl Harbor, the United States sent those kids into that hellhole, trained up, ready to go and, and had to fight one of the best field armies in the world, the Imperial Japanese Army. Now, remember, the best troops of the Japanese Imperial Army was in, were on mainland China, taking on Lao Beijing, the Chinese people, who took the brunt of that. But they had, they had excellent combat troops in these outer islands, and it was a dogged fight. But within one week, Stalingrad uh, held, and Guadalcanal fell. And they were two turning points, one in the Eastern Front and the other, obviously, in the Pacific. Bill Gertz... Um, you're probably the top guy in this town that's covered this story for, I don't know, going on 30 years. Is your belief, sir, that we're, we're at the beginning stages of, of really the real phase of World War III right now? Yes. Um, you could call it Cold War, World War III, non-kinetic warfare. China is engaged in warfare against the United States and unfortunately, uh, a large percentage of our leaders don't understand that they're living in this delusional world that somehow we can cooperate with China, where China is made clear that they want to dominate the world. And the main impediment to doing that is the United States. So they have they have launched gray zone warfare, non-kinetic warfare, information warfare, political warfare to destroy the United States. We, but last, yesterday in the House, 419 to zero, they did pass a, a resolution condemning the CCP airship. But at the same time, and I want everybody, if they could please, please put it up in Denver. The, the CNN this morning has this whole thing that, and this is the narrative they're pushing, Bill. At the same time, we condemn them for what happened. They're pushing a narrative that she didn't really know about this. This is rogue elements of the PLA or certain elements that are not under his direct command. Is there any truth 
And given your deep knowledge of the command structure of the PLA and the Chinese Communist Party, is there any doubt in your mind that she knew about this balloon and knew about its flight path, sir? Uh, no doubt. This is, a, this is a false narrative that's being promoted by a number of pro-China analysts, uh, including Dennis Wilder, the once the CIA's top analyst on China and a number of things, but claiming that the foreign ministry feigned not knowing about the balloon's passage over the United States. This is a fundamental misunderstanding of the Chinese Communist Party system. They, this is a top-down system where everything, everything is tightly controlled. Uh, Xi Jinping is the uh, Central Military Commission chairman. He's the top person in charge of this. And this balloon, the State Department just released new details yesterday. This, was, this balloon was under the purview of the PLA, and that means the Strategic Support Force, which is in charge of electronic warfare, uh, public opinion warfare, propaganda, as well as cyber warfare. So this, this idea that somehow that this is all ap apologists trying to go back to the engagement policy, which I'm calling Biden's neo-appeasement policy towards China. They want, to, they want to do that again. Walk me through the neo-appeasement uh, project. I want to make sure we tie together. The, these hearings, and Comer up today in the Post, I don't think I've gotten to the guys yet, but I will. He, he goes in the Post and drills um, Biden about the lack of, uh, of visibility and transparency on these classified documents. One of the big reasons for that is because Hunter Biden, you can tell in that memo that's 22 points long, has uh, taken a classified briefing for, about Ukraine and given it to a business partner. Uh, walk me through, when you say neo-appeasement, he's out there saying, oh, no, they're pure competitors and they're, and they're you know, strategic competitors, and, and, but we're going to take them on and we're going to take China, although he gave China, I think, all of 45 seconds in his State of the Union speech. What is neo-appeasement and why do you say okay. that is the policy of the Biden administration? Okay. Okay, so uh, shortly after coming to office, uh, the Biden administration adopted many of the Trump administration's realistic policies, looking at China as a threat, not just a competitor, but as a threat. Uh, unfortunately, within the Biden administration, there are left-wing elements led by John Kerry and others who want to so-called cooperate with China. Uh, and they've, they've uh, enunciated this idea, well, we'll compete with China where we can and we'll cooperate. China's made very clear it's, it's not going to cooperate with the United States. They issued a list of demands to Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman uh, last year or, and said, look, these are our demands. You have to change your policy in order for us to cooperate with you. Um, this uh, really began uh, in November when Biden met with Xi Jinping in Bali, Indonesia. And it's reflected in the balloon incident in the fact that this was kept completely secret from the American people until a photographer for the Billings Gazette in Montana uh, noticed that they had closed the airspace and took a photo of this. And the reason they kept it secret was Anthony Blinken was supposed to go to... <laughs> to Beijing as part of this new policy of kowtowing to Beijing. And uh, they want to go back to the engagement policy. Uh, the big banks are pushing that as well. Uh, the pro-China elements are pushing it. And, and the, the, the neo-Maoists within the Biden administration are also pushing it. They view China as the ideological future. 
Uh, these are new left radicals. There's many of them within the Biden administration, and they want to have a, a, Mao -like, a Maoist-like system in the United States. Well, this is why they put us through the struggle sessions, all that. Remember, uh, for the viewers, last week at this time, we held up this from last week's, last Friday's um, Financial Times London. Blinken to meet Xi during landmark China visit in sign of thawing relations. They briefed the Financial Times the day before and lied to them about this. Remember, before the broadcast was over, the trip had been canceled or postponed. Bill Gertz, is it not true, sir, that in May of 2019, when uh, President Trump for a year and a half had negotiated with Lighthizer and Navarro, this, this, you know, the deal that was going to be the seven deadly sins, Wan Shan and she said, you know, upon further review, they had the big one belt, one road meeting that Putin showed up to. And they said, upon further review, how about this? No. And in fact, we're going to decouple. And shortly thereafter, they declared a people's war on the United States. What is the concept of a people's war? And why is May of 2019 the inflection point in the run up to the war between the CCP and the United States of America, sir? Well, I would, I would take it back even further into uh, 2012. That's when Xi Jinping came to power. And he dropped uh, the uh, Deng Xiaoping theory, which was bide our time, build our capabilities. And he began advocating openly that the Chinese Marxist-Leninist system, they call it socialism with Chinese characteristics, is going to be the dominant ideology in the world. It's going to take over and it's going to eliminate the democratic free world. All of our freedoms and liberty are going down the tubes if China is successful in this global campaign. And they're, they're marching forward. They've dropped it. Now, uh, after the pandemic, their economy has gone down the, the drain and they're retrenching a little bit. They want U.S. investment. They want uh, good relations with the U.S., and the Biden administration has adopted a policy that I call war avoidance, which is basically the antithesis of peace through strength. Peace through strength says we need to if you want to avoid war with China right now, we need to start sending aircraft carrier strike groups, additional ones. We need to be beefing up our munitions. We need to be sending more submarines all to the Western Pacific. And if we don't do that, uh, I, I think we're headed for war. And, I mean, we've, that's the only way we're going to deter them. The Biden administration that instead is, is expressing fear. They're expressing fear that there's going to be a war and they're, they're offering uh, concessions and conciliation. And this is being, you know, it was Rumsfeld who said weakness is provocative. It provokes. And that's exactly what the Biden administration is doing right now. They're provoking China with weakness. Bill, I know you got to bounce, but I'd like you to stay through a commercial break. I got one or two questions on the other side. Bill Gertz from the Washington Times. Bill is an okay. old China hand. He is the dean of the analyst uh, in this town and uh, and writers in this town. His reported column is still a, a must read for everybody that's interested in taking down the CCP. And when you have people like Dennis Wilder, the chief analyst at the CIA, who's forget neo appeasement, complete kowtow to the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, short commercial break. We got Bill Gertz. We got, we're going to talk a lot about Ukraine uh, to make sure everybody fully understands what's going on in the battlefield and in the boardrooms around uh, London and in uh, Brussels, Paris, about what's going on, what's, what's being delivered to the Ukrainian people and what's not being delivered to the Ukrainian people in a shooting war reminiscent of World War One. Also, Laura Loomer on her uh, RICO charges against the big tech oligarchs. All of it next in the war room.
COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. New social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, go to Getter. Uh, in fact, if we can put up, I tell you, what we'll do it at the top of the hour. Last night, I, I kind of dip in and out of uh, if we're not live streaming other live streams. And they had Diamond and Silk. Silk obviously it, it runs the show now, but she had an interview with Dr. Paul Alexander. We're going to put it up and link to his incredible, incredible hour. It shows you what you get on Getter. Free to download, free to use. You get all the great content out there. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, we'll get back to that in the in the next hour. Um, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM, buy one, get one free. On the launch of MyPillow 2.0, this is getting rave reviews, five-star reviews. People, it changes the way you sleep. If you think the original pillow was great, this is up. This is a next-level technology. MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM, MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free. Of course, you get to our square, you get all the sales. But go get the pillow, the new pillow today. Bill Gertz, how do they? How do we have guys like you around town that have been warning people about this? Uh, kind of been Cassandra, and you've got the head of the CIA. The CIA, the, the thing we spend, you know, what a hundred billion dollars outside the defense budget just on intelligence. You got guys like Wilder, who are, if not compromised, just give you the tributary state version of America kowtowing to the CCP. How does that work at the CIA and our intelligence apparatus? Because when I first got in the White House, I said, this thing's a joke. These people are clowns. This is a clown show. Bill Gertz. Yeah, yeah it's not limited to just the intelligence agencies, the, the military as well. And and this is true of uh, the, the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, when he was Army Chief of Staff, he came out and said blatantly that uh, China was not a threat. He didn't regard China as a threat. So there's a there's a fundamental misunderstanding 
within the intelligence community and the top ranks of the military. And there has been, although it's been somewhat changing, uh, especially under Trump, there, there were some uh, revolutionary changes. But a person like Dennis Wilder, by the way, who on his Twitter page boasts of that he was the editor of the President's Daily Brief. So for years, he was censoring all of the threat information about China for presidents, for several presidents, going back to Bush. And so this is the kind of thing they did. These guys, uh, they, these elites, they felt that it was their job to, quote, protect senior leaders from the real truth about China because they had this uh, pie-in-the-sky notion that China was somehow evolving into a non-threatening, non-communist state. And for 40 years, they, they, you know, as I pointed out in Deceiving the Sky, well, my book, that they, yeah. they, they were totally wrong. Deceiving the Sky is the best book out there for on this topic. By the way, it's also the Thucydides trap. They believe America's in decline. They believe America's in decline by the elites. They know it. They, they've pushed it, and they think China's rising. So they want to cut a deal where, you know, we get benefits of uh, kind of nudging them in a uh, in a more liberal way when we're really taking on being more of a uh, authoritarian government. What are your recommendations? I know you get a bounce bill. The one or two things you think must happen immediately that the Republican MAGA wing has to force to make sure we avoid a kinetic war in the South China Sea and the Straits of Taiwan uh, in 2025, sir. Two words information warfare. You know, I wrote a whole book about this called I-War. Um, we need to go on the offensive against the Chinese. Uh, if, if I were in charge of all U.S. policy towards China, I could, I could make the uh, Communist Party go away within a matter of months. All it, you, we need to do is to sow greater divisions and create fissures within the top leadership, and the whole thing would come crashing down. Uh, we need to we need to get the message of freedom. The Chinese people hate the Communist Party of China. They want to get rid of it. Just uh, just yesterday, there's some thousands of people are turning out in Wuhan. There's there's protests all over the country. If we could use properly our information and get the truth into the Chinese people, they would get rid of the Chinese Communist Party. So that's my recommendation. We've got to step up our game uh, right now. We're limited to something at the State Department called the Global Engagement Center, which has been focused on Russia for, you know, the past 10 years. And now they've got to focus on China. We've got to step up our game in the information sphere. By the way, Bill, Gate, uh, Bill Gertz says exactly like we said, 100 days. Lao Beijing would overthrow the Chinese Congress. But remember, of the 1.4 billion people or 1.3 billion, however they calculate it now, there's less than 90 million communists, and quite frankly, only a handful. It's five families or four or five families that run the deal. Those factions fight each other all the time. It's a very tiny – they're not a legitimate government, and they know. They worry about their legitimacy all the time. Wan Shi Shan worries about – the biggest thing we've done is get people focused on CCP, not China or the Chinese people. They hate that. Remember, these are the wealthiest families on earth. They make the the, the – the, uh, the sheiks in Saudi Arabia and the Gulf Emirates look like pikers. These are they've stolen more money. The Chinese people would overthrow these folks in a hundred days. You cut them off from capital, you cut them off from technology, you go full information warfare, and Lao Beijing will take care of it. Trust me, Bill Gertz. How do people get to you? The column, your writings, your books, and your social media. Uh, Gertzfile.com and uh, on social media, it's at Bill Gertz. All the platforms, uh, uh, Getter, uh, Truth Social. 
Twitter. Um, yeah, and uh, books are at Amazon. All the books you can find on my uh, my webpage, uh, Gertz File. Also, have a podcast, VictoryOverCommunism.net. Uh, you can hear all the latest on how to defeat Chinese communism and American Marxism. Bill Gertz, you're a patriot and a hero. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Steve. Do, keep up the great work. Thank you, brother. Bill Gertz, a patriot, hero, and warrior. When the history of this time is written, they're going to ask, why were the warnings of Bill Gertz not, uh, not uh, heeded? It's very simple. Money. The Chinese Communist Party spreads it around <clears throat> and it infiltrates this town nonstop. But that's all coming to an end. We're going to, we're going to out it all. And not just that, we're going to assist Lao Beijing in taking down the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, short break. We got to get to everything in Ukraine. But I got when we come back, we had a ninety-second break. I want to get Laura Loomer in here. She's got a RICO uh, case against big tech. She's on offense, and quite frankly, I think they're nervous because they're lawyering up. Okay, we got uh, we got Ben Harnwell, and we get Joe Allen, Laura Luma, and maybe a surprise or two next hour. Only in the world. Everything's bigger and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.